This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Coming up on this edition of the RR Show, we have got a very lengthy uh, single story here. This is one story. And this guy is a technological wizard, incredibly organized, somebody who uh, really knows his stuff and uh, might know how to negotiate well, too. His boss, on the other hand, um, not so much. So let's get into this one from r slash nuclear revenge from user rhunter1980. Make me sign a non-compete when I quit? Sure thing. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookyScienceSisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you, and stay spooky. I was a field service tech for a total of 15 years. I've worked on more equipment than I can remember and enjoyed it for the most part, mainly office equipment, PCs, and networks. But I did have the occasional phone system, camera systems, fire alarm, security doors, badge systems, remote entry systems, and more. Due to the sheer amount of different tech I dealt with, I kept very meticulous notes, made wiring diagrams, recorded master passwords or backdoors to any of the systems I didn't work with on a regular basis, and I kept backups of software related to any of the installs or operations. I did this with everything, unless otherwise specified by the customer, since I was going to be the guy fixing it if things went sideways. I was also in charge of training customers on the tech. This led to me being a serious jack-of-all-trades and some serious burnout due to being the only tech. I finally had the opportunity to switch jobs, so I put my two-week notice in with my old job 
And this is the basic conversation I had with my old boss over the phone. The cast is as follows. My old boss and me. Old boss. You're quitting? Why didn't you say something? Are you unhappy with your job? Me. I did say something and you kept brushing me off. So yes, I am unhappy. That's why I'm giving you a two-week notice. Old boss. There's no way I can get someone hired and trained to do your job in two weeks. What am I supposed to do? You're my only tech. How am I going to take care of all my customers? Me. Not really my problem, but you have two weeks to come up with something. I'll keep doing everything till then, but I'm out after two weeks. Old boss. Let me get back to you. Need to do something. Insert eye roll here. A week later, calls me into his office. Old boss. I'm working on getting a new tech. Is there any way you can stay longer than another week till I get one? No, I'm not putting off the new job since it pays so much better and has actual set hours. Old boss, tell me what I need to do to keep you around long enough till I get this new tech in. Me. Seriously? Let me think. After I thought about it for roughly five minutes, I came up with this. Me. Okay, I'll tell you what. Since my new job is second shift, I'll work for you in the mornings from nine to two. My time starts when I leave the house at 9 and ends with me being back in town at 2, so I have time to get to my new job. You will transfer my company's cell number into my own account since I've used it for all my contacts and personal, family, and friends. You'll pay me hourly at the same rate as my new job, including the shift differential. I get to keep my own tool bag and laptop. Any emergencies will be handled in this time frame, and I'll be left alone after hours and on weekends. All I really wanted was the pay and the cell phone number. The number wasn't listed on any of the old boss's company sites or paperwork, and I really didn't want to get a new number and then have to update all my info I had used it for. I wasn't concerned about the laptop or the tool bag. I was just going for broke to see what I could get away with. Old boss. The pay and cell number are fine, but you have to return all company property by the end of the week, including your tools and your laptop. You can pick them up daily from the office and return them at the end of the day. I need access to them in case I need to fix something. Also, you will sign a non-compete for three years once I get the new technician to keep you from servicing my clients. Okay, deal. But the cell gets transferred by the end of the day tomorrow. I'll call you in the morning when I get to the cell company. Old boss, deal. I shook his hand and went about my day. Now I can hear all of you flying to your keyboards to jump into the comments section to say, you idiot, you didn't get it in writing. And you're all absolutely correct. I should have gotten all that in writing. I was burnt out and I was tired. The next day, I got the cell number transferred over to my name and set out business as usual. Now, at the end of the week, I got what should have been my last check at the old rate. I turned over my tools and the laptop and had a very pleasant weekend. Monday rolls around, I work the hours I said I would, and then I go to my second job. I do this for the week without issue. Next week kicks off and I ask if there's been any progress on getting a tech. He says yes, and they start next week. Okay, I'll start getting the new guy up to speed on our main systems next week then. Friday comes and I notice my check is still at my old rate. It's hourly now and the hours are correct, but not the rate. I try to get a hold of the old boss, but no answer. Office lady says he's out of service till Monday and there's nothing that she can do about my check. You can see where this is heading. Monday rolls around and I meet the new tech and talk to my old boss about my check. Me. So my check was shorted and you ghosted me. Old boss, nah, I didn't ghost you. I was out of town in an area with poor reception. I'll talk to payroll and get you a new check and cut the difference on Friday. Me, uh-huh, okay. Well, I'll start going over things with the new guy. Should I take him on any calls with me? Old boss, 
No, he's a trained tech, but just not used to our brand of equipment. So go over them with him and show him the ins and outs, the software, networking them, programming things, the usual stuff we do to get a new machine set up. Me? Okay, will do. Friday rolls up, and I'm sure you're all shocked to read the payroll did not have a check cut for me. So I said, ah, heck with it. I went home. I didn't even bother trying to call the old boss. I knew I wasn't going to get an answer. I just turned my cell phone off. Monday comes, I don't go to the old job, and I sleep until noon. I left my cell off for the day and enjoyed the new job. Tuesday morning comes around, and I finally kicked my cell back on, and there's several voicemails and a couple of texts from this old boss. He's wondering where I am, why I haven't showed up for two days. I calmly call him and have this conversation. Old boss, finally, where have you been for the last two days? I proceed to cut him off. Me, do you have a check for me? Old boss, check what check are you talking about? You know exactly what check I'm talking about and exactly what you did. I thought I'd help you out because I'm a nice guy and you spit in my face. We're done, lose this number. Old boss, we're not done, you haven't signed a non-compete. Me, you're being serious? You expect me to sign a non-compete after all this? Old boss, you will or I'll sue you for breach of a verbal agreement. I have a recording of our conversation and a witness who heard you say you'd sign it. I transferred the cell number per our agreement and paid you for your time. I upheld my end of the bargain. I have no clue if any of that was true. If you did have it recorded, I'm sure it was edited just to the part we agreed to the cell number and pay, and of me agreeing to the non-compete. As for a witness, unless someone was listening through the office phone, there was no one else in the office when we talked. I have no clue if any of the crap he was saying was legal, but I did know one thing. He had sued the previous company we worked for over them verbally agreeing to pay for something, and he had also recorded them. I know it dragged on for about two years and was settled out of court. I think it was cheaper for them just to pay him than to keep dealing with his crap. Did I want any of that? No. So I said, fine, leave it at the office and I'll be in to sign it. I wanted to be done with this insane man-child. The buildup to sweet release. Now you're all probably going, okay, the previous section is the compliance from the title, but where's the malicious part? Well, a little over a year after signing the non-compete and being rid of this old boss, I was enjoying my new job. I get a phone call then from one of the last big customers that did a setup install for a few months prior to me quitting. The customer, you ask? A women's abuse center that had converted an old building into a safe house for victims. My old boss had managed to get the job to redo the interior network, furniture, camera systems, security doors, and the alarm systems. He had also sold them a service contract for the camera, security doors, alarm systems, where we were on call 24-7 for the next three years if something went wrong. This was not a small chunk of change, and it was due up front to get the best discount. But the abuse center had government backing. So they got the old boss to agree to half up front and then payments after a year and a half. I knew the wording on these contracts because I had to give him worst case timeframes for getting things fixed if crap hit the fan. This will be important later. Now, due to the nature of the client and the job, I made sure my cell number had been laminated and I literally glued it to all three systems with instructions to call me if they needed anything. The reason they were calling is they had some personnel changes and they needed to change door codes. Not real secure, former employees can still access the building. They also wanted to set up remote camera access for new security monitoring purposes, and they needed to know how to do all of this. 
Now, if you read through the entire post, you know that I made some very detailed notes, as well as instructions on how to do all this. A set of all this, as well as the credentials to log into the systems, was in a nice secure binder on site. One problem, they couldn't find it. Not to worry. I would have planned ahead and made backups of all that and kept it on my company laptop with approval from the customer, right? If you said yes, you get five points. If you're thinking this guy sounds pretty paranoid about this stuff and probably made another copy on maybe a disk or a thumb drive, again, you get another five points. I always kept a secure thumb drive on my keys and backed up this type of info religiously when I worked on jobs. I informed the client that I was no longer with the old boss's company and that they would need to contact them directly to get this taken care of and I bid them a good day. Two days later, I get a call from my replacement asking me for help regarding this matter. Not wanting to be a complete jerk and knowing that the abuse center needed this resolved, I informed him that the droids he was looking for were in fact on the company laptop. They were hiding on the D drive in the folder called backups. There would be a folder with the client's name and all the info should be right there in front of him. He asked me to hold on while he gets it. I wait on the line and I hear him fiddling with the laptop bag and booting it up. New guy is someone who clearly was not ready to take over everything that I did. New guy. Okay, so I got to boot it up and I don't see a folder called backups. It's not in the documents folder. Is it somewhere else? Me. No, not the documents folder, the D drive. New guy, the what drive? Okay, open up my computer. You should see the C drive and then the D drive right next to it. New guy. Oh, there it is. Well, hang on, a window popped up. It's saying insert disk. Me, I'm sorry, it's saying what? New guy. It's saying please insert disk. Me, are you clicking the E drive by chance? New guy. No, there's only the C and D drive. Me. So just to be absolutely clear, there's only C and D drive listed, no drive labeled E. That's what I'm hearing, correct? New guy, yes. Me. You didn't happen to reformat the laptop or anything like that. New guy. No, I only do copier printer work. The boss's kid does all that PC stuff. Me. Can you tell me what the icon looks like in the bottom left corner? Is it round with a four color square or is it white with four squares? New guy, um, four white squares. Why? Me. Is the boss in the office? I'm gonna need to talk to him. New guy. Nah, he's out right now. Me. Okay, please have him call me ASAP. I need to talk to him about this. Now, the old boss's kid was 15 years old when I quit. I had shown him some troubleshooting stuff and he knew enough to be very dangerous if unsupervised. I mention this because when I turned on the laptop, it was using Windows 7 round button, four colors. Now it was using Windows 10, four white squares. There was a Windows 10 USB in the laptop bag. I was eventually gonna upgrade it once I made sure all the software I used was compatible. The pit of my stomach knew exactly what happened. Either my old boss asked him to do something with the laptop after I turned it in, or the boss's kid took it upon himself to upgrade it to show his dad he could do this stuff. Pick one but I knew he had deleted the separated partitions I had made on the hard drive to keep crucial data safe if Windows went dead, and I needed to do a restore or clean install and not have to worry about pulling the data. What the boss's kid had done was nuke the entire drive, and all that backed up data was now gone. I get a phone call the next day, first thing in the morning. 
old boss. I was told you needed to talk to me. Is this about the abuse center? I told the new guy to handle it and call you. You always kept instructions for all that, so just tell him where it is. Me. Oh, I already told him where to find the info, but there's a minor problem. It's gone. Old boss. What do you mean it's gone? You kept backups. Me. I did. It was on the laptop when I turned it in, but it's no longer there. What do you mean it's no longer there? Did you remote in and delete it? I know you did stuff like that to fix things. You shouldn't have been able to. I had my son make sure you couldn't. Me. Oh, he certainly did that, but he also wiped up the backup data. Old boss. What? Me. I can't say 100% sure that's what happened, but I'm like 99.99% sure that's exactly what happened. Old boss. Wait, you kept multiple backups. You told me that. That thing you had on your keys, that you didn't give me that. Tell you what, you give me that and I won't pursue legal action since you didn't give it to me when you quit. Me. Yeah, that's gonna be a no from me. Old boss. You have to give me that. You did not turn in company property. I'll sue you. Me. First, that thing I had on my keys was a personal device, bought and paid for with my own money. So I didn't need to give it to you when I quit. Second, I wouldn't give it to you even if I could. I destroyed it after I quit because of what you just said. I knew if I kept anything related to my clients and you found out, you'd try to sue me like the man-child you are. Third, the only reason I'm talking to you is because I want to help the abuse center. Not that you care. Old boss. Oh, this is... Oh, no, you're lying. Just wait, I'm gonna click. No clue on how many times he tried to call me and text, but... I put my phone on silent and enjoy the rest of the day. Malice. Best served cold with a side of mint. After hanging up on the old boss, I was heartbroken and I felt it was my responsibility, nay, my duty to call the abuse center and inform them of the situation. All joking aside, this could have actually put people in danger if not resolved somewhat quickly. I talked with the secretary and asked to speak with her boss. And luckily, it was the same woman in charge from when I installed the systems. And she knew how much I cared. Me. Well, I wanted to inform you of the situation and give you some reasons as to why I can't help you, but give you some options on how to get this resolved. I proceed to inform her of the non-compete and all the following information is just my best guess. And I'm offering up my opinion free of charge. She can choose to act as she sees fit. I let her know that the old boss's company most likely doesn't have the credentials and documentation needed to perform the tasks that she needs done, but I can't say for certain though. Wink, wink. I inform her if the old company does not have the proper info that she may suggest resetting the equipment and it'll most likely take even longer to get things fixed as well as their current setup being wiped out and only the factory codes will work. Also, the system will most likely not function the way they needed it to. Again, I can't say for certain. Nudge, nudge. I kindly remind her of the service contract she has on the equipment and to look carefully at the wording on it, as it may come in very handy. I let her know that I wish there was some way I could consult with her to help her out due to the non-compete. There really isn't a way that I can help because she is currently the old boss's client. I make several suggestions on how to possibly deal with the situation after reviewing some things and getting some options. After all this, she thanks me for my time and says she's going to be busy the next few days. Now, here's where all the malicious compliance comes to a head. 
The wording on her contract stated that if the old boss's company was unable to resolve any issues the customer had within three days, then the old boss's company was on the hook for any expense the customer incurred to work around said issues. Now, this was pretty standard wording on our service contracts, but they were mostly for smaller equipment and were worded as two business days. Basically, if a company can't fix a printer or copier and that customer has to go to get things outsourced, the initial company has to pay for it. I knew this because when the old boss was selling the contract, he had me talk it up in front of the abuse center's board. To me, the worst case scenario meant that the systems all somehow got nuked. We'd be out the same day to confirm DOA equipment and overnight the new units that day. Again, worst case, it takes two days to get a new system on site. I drop it in place, reprogram, and boom, they're back up. Door systems all had emergency push bars on the inside, and the two inner steel doors had keys if power and backup was dead. They were kept off-site for security purposes. Now on to possible situations and solutions. Since they could not remove the old codes and enter in new ones for the personnel changes, this posed a security risk. To remedy this, Karma should hire outside security to be on site until the old codes could be deactivated. If company cannot get the system working soon, then Karma should contact the manufacturer support line and request an on-site technician to come out and fix it for them. I know it took me a week would probably take a certified tech couple of hours at most since they know the systems inside and out. However, these techs are really expensive. If company cannot fix issues, then why did they sell the service contract to begin with? If they cannot service the equipment, Karma should get the contract canceled and try to get the money back since the old company did not support the products they said they would. I got a phone call two days later from the old boss who was surprisingly non-threatening to start. Old boss. So I'm, I'm in a bit of a bind here. I need you to help me out with the abuse center. Me. What do you want me to do? I sign a non-compete and uh, I'm not helping you for free. Old boss. I thought about it and I can hire you as a consultant to go out and get things fixed for me so you're not competing. You'll be working for me. Me. And how much you'll be paying me to consult. Old boss. How does 150 bucks a day sound? Me. $150 a day? I don't know. That sounds awfully cheap to me. Old boss. Cheap? That's way more than you'll get at your new job. Me. You misunderstood me. I meant cheap for you. Old boss. Explain. Me. I'm guessing it's probably costing you a lot more than $150 a day to pay for outside security around the clock at the abuse center. How did you? It was you. I'm going to click. Phone rings again. I pick up to more screaming. Click. Phone rings a couple more times and I send it to voicemail. I think it was about four hours later when he called me again. Hello? Slight inflection of joy in my tone. Silence maybe for about 10 seconds. The old boss says, how much? Me. Well, to be honest, I can't help you. Old boss. What? Me. Obviously, I have to have a paper trail since I can't trust you, and for me to consult, I'd have to give you a detailed invoice that would list why and what I'm consulting for. Due to the rather descriptive non-compete you made me sign that specifically states, I may not service any one of your clients for three years, my hands are tied, legally speaking. Old boss. But me, good luck with that. Click. I immediately blocked his number and laughed so hard I cried for maybe 30 minutes. I don't think I ever felt that good. 
fallout hazmat suit suggested. I got some details from the secretary at the abuse center. She was a chatty Kathy and loved drama. She talked my ear off when I did the install, so I called her a couple of months later. Karma ended up having to get an on-site tech from the manufacturer to reset and redo everything. Not sure how long it took, but I know it wasn't cheap. On-site security was kept in place till the system was back up and running. Karma and the board went after the old company for all the contract money. The expenses occurred, the installation costs, the equipment costs, even the legal fees. From what the secretary told me, he settled out of court. She didn't have an exact number or what they all got him for, but it was really close to six figures total. I ran into several secretaries from other businesses I used to service, and I got even more details later that year. His tech quit, and he ended up selling the service side of the business to a company over the mountain. He sold his local storefront and downsized to an office to his home to focus mainly on furniture installs. Just last year, I ran into one of the owners from back when I started as a tech, when he and the old boss were friends. According to him, the old boss is out in Texas working at a furniture place while the wife and kids are still in state. He used her name and I don't bother asking the status. I genuinely don't care. Well, guys, thank you for being with us. And the RR Show is a production of Evergreen Podcast and Wessler Media. If you'd be so kind, you can follow us or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra nice, leave us a five-star review. But if you want more, you can go to rrshow.com. That's rrshow.com. I'm your host, Vince Tornero. Thanks to my producer, Kevin Skubak. And we'll see you next time right here on the RR Show. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.